Welcome back to the Wizards of Ecom podcast. This is episode number 262. My name is Carlos Alvarez and I'll be your host for the show. Um, I hope everybody listening to the show and, and, and you bird as well had an amazing happy new year. We were talking a little bit about that before we uh, went on air. Uh, you're, Brett, you're the CEO of OMG Commerce and, and uh, you might not know it, one of my favorite people in the space. So welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, man. That, well, first of all, happy new year to you as well. Hope you enjoyed time with the fam. Uh, I know, I know that that I did, and uh, and yes, CEO, co-founder of OMG Commerce, and uh, warms my heart, man, to know that that I'm one of your faves in the space. That's high praise, and uh, yeah, man, just excited to be on this show. I know this is a, a great one, and so excited to chat with you and hopefully share a little wisdom. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, you're you're an expert in. Uh... A lot of things. Uh, so some of the ones just uh, that I'm aware of is uh, Google Ads, uh, YouTube Ads, and, and Amazon. Um, in today's show, I want to focus on uh, the latter, even though we're going to be referencing a lot of um, uh, a lot to the other ones. Uh, specifically, how a brand owner um, of a physical product can can really leverage or get started using YouTube Ads. Um, this is stemming from a trip to traffic and conversion that a bunch of people in my community and I went to. Uh, I saw you briefly. You had the the paparazzi around you, <laughs> and, and and I had to run. But um, there was a heavy emphasis this last year on well, email, which thank God that's coming back, right? Yes. Um, there's the email uh, video, which was seemed pretty split between TikTok and 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 YouTube ads, as well as repurposing. Uh, repurposing video. I felt like that was the the major theme. And I saw in some screenshots that speakers were showing that it wasn't even what they were trying to show. It was kind of like, it looked like targeting options. They actually look pretty similar to, to Facebook in, in some regards. And I was like, I didn't know you could do that with YouTube ads. And I just have always bunched YouTube and Google as like, those are the really expensive ones. And <laughs> I, I'm just going to, I'm going to stay in my lane here and crush it on Amazon ads and Facebook ads. Well, Facebook went iOS, Thanos snap in a way. Um, yep. And, and now it's like, okay, I need to put some ad budget somewhere and YouTube's looking sexy as hell, but everything I look at is someone showing me how to do this from an agency standpoint right. or my course. Um, you're, you're, you're an expert with physical products. So physical yep. product brand owners. Um, so you're the man. And I'm hoping to get a uh, a lot of knowledge from you on this show. Awesome, yeah, look, really looking forward to it. And and yeah, you know, we, as an agency, we focus exclusively on D 2 C brands or, or e commerce brands because we we do a lot with marketplace as well. And technically, if you're selling on Amazon, that's not D 2 C, that's marketplace. But uh, yeah, we're we're all e com. And and at, at the core, though, uh, you know, I, I'm an entrepreneur, and and I love business and I love marketing and advertising and, and really like why people buy, you know, what, what causes someone to choose one product versus another? Why does someone respond to one ad, but reject another? That's always fascinating to me, even as a little kid, uh, even before I was a teenager, I like to watch ads on TV, which is really weird. Um, but I've just always loved it. Always loved the psychology of it. Always loved sales. And so, so yeah, I've kind of gravitated more towards Google search and YouTube. I've been speaking on stages and podcasts about YouTube since 2016. Uh, and, and it really kind of stems from, I used to do TV and, and other video, and I've just always been a big believer in the, the power of video advertising. And then I just, I love both the scale and the targetability, if that's a word, I think it might be, uh, of, of YouTube. And so been a big fan for a long time but yeah it's it's one of those things you said youtube's looking sexy i think youtube's about to have its day for, well first of all youtube is growing it's it's a fantastic business uh it's really popular with all age groups so like my my teens are using youtube every day we have some brands that are targeting the 50 plus crowd they're using youtube regularly there's really not a segment of shoppers or customers not using youtube um and then there's just a lot of buzz about it. People are, you know, part of it is the iOS and, and Facebook issues. And, and part of it is just 
fatigue with with meta and other things but a lot of people are looking towards youtube and and rightfully so and, and first of all i will say long live uh, facebook ads i still think they're great but but uh, youtube lots of opportunities there lots of opportunities on google search as well and so so yeah man happy to dive in wherever you would like to start i love it you know you know what you just said made me think of and this is just me like putting i guess my nostradamus hat on for a second like a little aside and then we'll get on it is i a lot of people ask me like oh who's who's amazon's biggest competitor going to be right and and i always feel you know what if youtube somehow got a hold of a of a fulfillment network like an fba equivalent they already have the ads they already have the creators they, they already have everything built in it would be pretty much overnight so um I'm super, super excited uh, about about YouTube. You touched on your background in TV. Uh, was that was that video ads? Was that creating ad video ads? Of course, it's TV. Was it creating TV ads? Um, yeah. So it was all it was all like local, regional type stuff, um, but more on the media planning side, and then and then did a decent amount of work on the creative side, not the producing, but more like writing and, and directing. And uh, so, yeah, and it was one of those things where, you know, like I said, you, we all grew up watching uh, TV ads and whatnot, but I just always had a fascination with them and then making them was super fun. And then seeing like local jewelry store, local car dealership, local whoever, you start running TV ads. And then you talk to the business owner and they're like, man, I can't, I can't go to the gas station and pump gas without someone saying, Hey, I see your ads or Hey, so-and-so, or are you so-and-so from the T and it's like that, that happens with video where I actually got my start in radio. I did radio um, back in the early two thousands, which was fun too. It doesn't happen as much, right? There's not like the same celebrity factor with radio, even though I do like, I do like sound media. Uh, but, but video's got both, right? TV's got both. And so then looking at you know that power of video plus targeting options behavioral intent you know scope scale of youtube um just yeah it's a pretty pretty powerful place to advertise let, let me ask you something that you probably get asked all the time does a person need a youtube channel to use to leverage youtube paid ads yeah it's a great question uh it is always great if you have it we we have a, a, a barbecue client. They sell meat rubs and sauces and things like that. And the, the founder is a championship barbecue grill master. And so he's got a channel with, you know, tens of thousands of subscribers, hundreds of thousands, I think, actually. And and so he's putting out content, you know, how to, how to grill the perfect ribeye. Or here's my championship recipe for, you know, whatever kind of steak. Uh, if you've got that, you can leverage that and it's super, super powerful. And so kind of gives them a bit of an edge because, you know, now you've got all those organic viewers that you can target and reach. But the cool thing is, the cool news is he's in the vast minority. Like we, we've only got a couple of clients that really have that organic reach. Most are really starting from scratch. And, and the, one of the beauties of, of a YouTube ad, you know, most of what we run on YouTube are those skippable pre-roll ads. And I know as a, as a viewer, you I'm sure view some of those and think, curse you YouTube ads, I hate, I hate these things, you know, ready for that, that skip ad button to pop up after five seconds. And that does happen. Uh, but if you structure the ad right, you can hook people and keep them around and get them to click your site and all that. But if someone is watching and engaging with your YouTube ad and then they click through, it doesn't take them to your YouTube channel. It takes them to whatever landing page you give Google. So really, there's no way for them to see your YouTube channel from the ad. They would have to go back to YouTube or create a new tab in YouTube, whatever, and search for your channel manually, which most people don't do, right? They're on YouTube watching some other video. They're, they're learning how to do something, how to you know, fix something around the house or, or, you know, best pickup lines or how to review a pro, you know, uh, product reviews or product unboxings or whatever. So they're, they're there for a purpose. If your ad hooks them enough and they want to take action, they're going to click on it and then end up on your, your site or your lander or on your Amazon page. So very rare that someone comes back and looks for a YouTube channel. It can happen. Um, but so it's kind of a, a long-winded answer, but the, the short version is no, you do not need uh, you do have to have a channel to host the ads, but it does not need to be a well-built out channel at all.
Also, so those actual ad types are like unlisted or something on the back end of your channel? Yep. So you can do that too. So uh, up to you. And and there's really no right or wrong here. We had a, a large automotive brand that spent millions on YouTube. All of their ads, they kept public because they're like, hey, if we get some organic views from these ads too, great. Um, then I, I have several other advertisers that are like, nah, we don't want our, we don't want our competitors to be able to go and swipe the ads or whatnot. I don't, I don't think there's a, a real right or wrong there. Um, and so in that case, you just make the ad unlisted. And what that means is people, people if someone has the URL for the, the video, they can find it, but you can't find it in a, in a YouTube search, uh, but then it can be used as an ad. So yeah, that, that's one way to go about it. The unlisted uh, video upload. Yeah. I have a bazillion questions when it comes to like, to like targeting and ad yeah. types and all that there. Let me, so, so that I don't get ahead of myself. What a few more basics, if you will. So sure. like what, so, so you don't need to have a channel, but there could be advantages if you do have one. Most people don't have a channel. Um, what, what sort of investment are you looking at or should somebody budget for if they're thinking about taking a stab at, at YouTube? Yeah. And, and one other thing I'll add on the, the channel question. So there is the channel art, like the, the, the image, the banner image that goes across the top of your channel. If you're looking at a YouTube channel, there's like that uh, kind of banner image or whatever. You do want one of those because what happens is when you're running your ad on a desktop, as an example, so your YouTube pre-roll ad on a desktop, Google is going to automatically pull that channel art into the a uh, little side call to action area that shows up next to the video. So next to the video, you can put a call to action button, like learn more, get discount shop now, whatever, buy now. Um, and then buy that will be your your channel art. So so you do want to upload a, a decent banner image there. That That's definitely worth doing. So, but other than that, your channel does not have to be built out. You can have zero subscribers, zero public videos, doesn't matter. All your videos can be unlisted. So, uh, and then in terms of budget, uh, this this has shifted a little bit. So I'll, I'll kind of talk about YouTube from a couple of different angles. Um, we typically run, you know, direct response style videos, right? So we're running videos, not just to build a brand, not to build awareness, but to drive conversions, right? And and brand building can happen at the same time, right? We can, we can build our brand and get people interested in our brand and also drive clicks and conversions. Uh, but we're trying to we're trying to acquire new customers. Right? We're trying to get new customers at a at a target CPA or or CAC, you know, customer acquisition cost that fits our business. And there used to be, um, you know, Google when they first launched uh, what's called TrueView for action. So TrueView is the pre-roll video ad that we talked about before, the skippable pre-roll video ad. It's called TrueView because you only pay if someone watches the video to 30 seconds uh, or, or uh, less if the video is less than 30 seconds or if they click through. So if they don't do one of those two things. You don't pay for the impression. So it's called true view. And it really is a, a you know, Google's billing you for when someone actually engages. Wow. Um, true view for action is when you're telling Google, you're, you're still paying for views and or clicks, but you can give Google your conversion action, like a sign up and add the cart, a purchase, and you can say, hey, Google, optimize this campaign towards a $50 CPA or $10 CPA if it's add to cart or something. And Google's pretty good at hitting that if you've got the right video and the right landing page that converts and all of those things. Um, when we were doing that, and there, there's, there's a bidding type called target CPA bidding, Google would kind of give you this bid to budget ratio that you would need to have. So if you're, if you're bidding, just for easy math, $100 you know, CPA, Google would say, well, you need to budget 10x that for your daily budget. So, you know, 100 times 10, that's a thousand bucks a day. That's a lot. Um, but fortunately, there's some new ways to bid and there's some new approaches. And so uh, there's one just called maximize conversions. That's what we like to start with. There's only no minimum bid to budget ratio that you have to hit. And so with that, then you can spend as little as, you know, 100 bucks a day, right? You want to you spend, spend enough on YouTube to where you can tell if it's doing anything, right? You spend 10 bucks a day or something like that. What are you really going to know? Uh, but you don't have to spend 15K or 30K a month uh, like you did there for a little while with uh, conversion focused campaigns. So, so I would say, you know, start in that, that $100, $50 to $100 range to get enough views, enough clicks to see, hey, are people converting? 
people engaging with this video? Does this show potential? So then I can, I can uh, potentially grow beyond that. Do, do you happen to know just with, based on your experience, like what's a, what's the average investment that a company makes in their video ads or their assets? Like what are they going to, to create that video and say, does OMG give guidance in that? Or does you have an in-house team for that? Yeah. Yeah. We definitely do give guidance. Uh, we'll help with the, the creative strategy on, Hey, let's, let's get a YouTube optimized video ready uh, for us to launch on, on YouTube. We do offer some creative services, uh, especially if a client already has some product demo videos or user generated content videos, then we pull in some partners to create, you know, to get voiceovers or whatever we need and then, and then edit those videos so we can run them on, on YouTube. And then we have great partners, uh, you know, when you're really ready to invest and go big on YouTube and, and on, on Meta as well and TikTok, uh, like Raindrop, Raindrop out of San Diego, they, they've uh, done the videos for Manscaped and um, uh, William Painter and a number of others. They, they do fantastic work. Uh, Dr. Squatch, they've done a couple of Super Bowl uh, ads. So it's like when you're really ready to, to go big. Um, but you can you can start much smaller. And so I'll, I'll give an example. And I think this will kind of illustrate the way a lot of companies probably should go with YouTube ads. So are you familiar with, with True Earth, Carlos? Have you heard of True Earth? It's the, the laundry detergent strips. They look almost like a, like those old breath strips, yeah, but they're a little bit yeah. bigger uh, for, yeah, for your laundry. Yeah. So it's an alternative to the jugs of laundry detergent or laundry detergent powder. It's like thin as a sheet of paper. You put it in your washing machine and, and it, you know, it, it works beautifully. And so True Earth, uh, shout out to Ryan McKenzie. He's my homeboy. Uh, we help them launch on, on YouTube and grow on Google as well. But when they first started on YouTube, uh, Ryan, the, the founder, created a video. And he's a really sharp marketer, creative guy. So he wrote the script. And then he recorded the video uh, on his MacBook and with stock video footage. And so it kind of starts with uh, a, a stop sign. So stop. Did you know that one of the largest contributors to landfills is your laundry detergent jugs, right? And so he kind of talks through this scenario of all the waste created by laundry detergent jugs and shows a picture of landfill and people sorting trash and whatnot. So all stock photography that he, that, he, that he got online. And then he goes into, but did you know, like this is revolutionizing, uh, you know, uh, the laundry detergent process. It's good for the planet, good, you know, better for your clothes, better for you, all this stuff, cheaper, easier. Um, so he goes through the whole pitch. You know, I, I don't know exactly what he spent on that because he was like, I don't even know what I spent. It was basically nothing. You know, he bought some stock photography and, and just ran it. The first year that we ran YouTube for them, uh, we got about a million paid views on that on that ad. And then I think it's up to like 12 million views now or 17 million views. So basically spent almost yeah. nothing. I will say the script was good and the right. footage still tied into the script, right? So you can't just like throw garbage together that's not interesting, not compelling, that doesn't hook people, like that doesn't work. But you don't have to spend a lot, right? So, so that's what he launched with. Then he wanted to go bigger. So now we like that. We got proof of concept. We found audiences. We got a page that converts. We know what's, what's going on. Then he invested with a guy named Joseph Wilkinson from um, Funny Sales Videos. And he started creating these, you know, videos that are probably in the 20 to 40K per for production, right? So you're, you're hiring actors. You're, you're getting a location to film on, right? You got film crews. I think this, this is a big production. These ads were fantastic. Uh, but they still had like that that direct response, you know, the the conversion elements. It wasn't just brand building, wasn't just like a TV ad. Like these were designed to to hook, convince, compel, get someone to click. And I think in that, you know, between the through the first year, year and a half, hundred million views, something like that, paid views on on YouTube, and about the same or more on Facebook. And and so I, I think that's kind of the the place to start, right? Don't invest a ton on your first videos. You, you're gonna maybe need to bring in some help, but maybe you're talking, you know, thousand to five thousand bucks to get a, get a few videos going that you can test with. Focus on the script, focus on the message, focus on the CTA, prove that it's gonna work, and then you can invest more um, in creatives later. You said a few videos. I saw yeah. you snuck that in there. A few videos. So you do think it's a good idea, just like. I would imagine you think it's a good idea as well on Amazon. You create a few different looks yeah. of a product video ad. So yeah, that's the I, same I so. with YouTube. And, and 
yeah, uh, you don't want to launch with just one video because then you never know, okay, if it doesn't work, was it my targeting? Right? Did I target the wrong audience? Is it the, the wrong campaign structure? Um, or is it, the, is it the ad? I don't know, right? So having a few different ads can, can really help. And one thing to make it easier, and this is something we do, we've got, we've got these video packages that we put together for clients that are getting launched on YouTube. But a lot of times we'll say like, hey, the, the product demonstration portion of the video and the call to action portion of the video, those are straightforward. Maybe we'll have one or two versions there, uh, but that's pretty straightforward. It's really the hook, right? That first kind of five to 15 seconds, that's the part you need to test. That's the part that really moves the needle the most because Again, you've got to get someone to watch, right? And after five seconds, they've got that that skip ad button that pops up. So, so the hook is what really matters. So a lot of times when we're kind of designing, hey, these are going to be the first ads we, we run with, we'll want at least, you know, two to three hooks that we can test. And if you got that, then then I think that's I think that's enough, right? And then you can start to look, okay, if my if my uh, engagement rate with the videos are pretty good, my click-through rate's pretty good, but I'm not getting sales, well, then now maybe I need to look at my landing page, right? Where, where am I sending someone? So the video is doing its job of engaging people and driving the click, but the lander is not doing its job of getting someone to sign up, opt in or, or purchase. And so anyway, I know I added some more to that, but yeah, I like to test two to three versions of an ad. The nice thing is with, with YouTube, um, you don't need 10 or 15, right? So I know like with, and I don't run Facebook ads, but with Facebook, you got to have quite a few creatives and it, it may churn through creatives. With YouTube, a good creative can last a year or more, uh, and you don't need that many. In fact, it's hard to test very many ads. So in that two to three is fine, uh, maybe three to five, but I would not launch with any more than that. You won't get enough data on any one video. Um, so, but you don't want to launch with just one either. I love that. What um, if 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 Amazon came out today with a, you know prime membership thing and they're like hey if you pay 20 bucks more we will make your experience on amazon be one without ads so, mm -hmm. so like basically with youtube they, they roll yep. out youtube yep. premium right so like if amazon did that it would be apocalypse now in the amazon community amazon seller community um how has that impacted youtube ads and is that something you're concerned about it's a great question. So far, I haven't really noticed any impact. I still think the vast majority, and I've not seen statistics or data here, so this is just anecdotal. I still think the vast majority of YouTube users are, are using the, the free version, but we haven't seen any slowdown impact, change in performance from longtime YouTube advertisers or new YouTube advertisers. It doesn't seem to be making a difference. You know, YouTube is continuing to grow. Um, this is, this stat's maybe a couple years old now. I think this was right around the time of the pandemic, maybe maybe slightly before. But it measured you know fastest growing social channels for uh, teenagers, and it was YouTube and TikTok, right? Which is weird. Like YouTube's been around forever, but still one of the fastest growing. So YouTube's still growing, and you know there's going to be some people that use the premium version. A okay, there are people that probably hate ads so much. They were skipping your ads with disgust anyway, so probably, probably doesn't hurt. But no, we have not seen any impact to date from uh, YouTube offering the, the premium ad-free experience. That makes sense. You know, I, I don't understand those people that skip ads. I mean, I know everyone's different, but I have some friends that are even entrepreneurs and they're like, have you seen this Chrome extension? It blocks all ads. And I'm yeah. like, why? Why on yeah, like God's it, green earth would you want to do that? Especially if you're, yeah, especially if you're an entrepreneur. Like if you if you have a business, you should be watching ads, right? If it's a bad ad, doesn't relate, whatever, skip it, of course. But like you should be looking at ads because you could be learning from that. I look, I look at display ads. I sign up to email lists of products I don't want to buy, but I know they're really good marketers. Like you've got to be learning if you're an entrepreneur. And, uh, and then also, you know, like, um, and, and occasionally my, you know, my kids will get frustrated about ads and I'm like, well, I mean, you do know that ads are what paid for the house you're hanging out in right now. Like the <laughs> ads are what's putting food on the table and what's going to pay for your college and stuff like that. And they're like, well, maybe ads are okay. You know, and uh, ads do pay for the internet and basically all the content that you enjoy. So touching on video uh, creative again. Um, so you're going to get a few ads to start is what, is what you should do. And I think I know the answer to this based on what you said, but what, 
what sort of overlap are you talking about? If somebody's deciding to get into YouTube, you know, ads now, they need to have video. What if they already have some Facebook ad creative or TikTok or Amazon ads? Do you think any of those are a good fit for YouTube ads? Yeah, great question. So uh, the, sh the very short answer is no. But the better answer is you can definitely leverage those assets. You just can't use them as is, right? So what we like to look at, if you've got video that's converting on, on Facebook, if you have video that's converting cold traffic into buyers on Facebook, that's a great sign. And that's a sign that likely YouTube will work for you because it means you got a good landing page. It means you've got content that hooks people and gets them to take action. So a lot of times what you can do is look at what's working on Facebook or even what's working on TikTok. And that can become your hook. That can become like the opening to your YouTube video. Now, the thing you gotta remember, especially with, with like comparing Facebook to YouTube is that with Facebook, you've got text and CTA buttons and stuff going on around, around your video, right? You've got a whole post. So on Facebook, the video could really just be a, a scroll stopper, right? Just a thumb stopper where you look at it and you're like, oh, that's interesting. Now let me read about this. And, and the post does the selling and gets someone to take you know, action and, and click. With YouTube, it's the video, man. The video's got to do all the work. So the video's got to got a hook. It's got to stop you in your tracks, got to keep you from clicking that skip ad button. It's got to demonstrate the product. So the middle's got to be kind of that product demonstration. We definitely like to, to weave in either some user-generated content or some reviews, you know, some social proof. Then you're throwing in a couple of calls to action. You're overcoming objections and then you're trying to get someone to click. So the video's got to do all of that. And so typically on YouTube, if we're trying to drive action, trying to drive clicks and conversions, then it's like a 45 second to three minute ad, sometimes a little bit longer, almost never shorter. So most commonly it's like that minute to three minute in length because you kind of have to say enough, right? And we actually did this test was with, a, with a deodorant brand. They had a, a one minute video and then a 30 second cut down of the same video. So same script, same actors, same everything. It was just that the 30 second version had been chopped. Um, the one minute version had 10x the conversions of the 30 second version. And I think it wow. just, and that, that's maybe an extreme example, but, but we've seen similar results or, or still results that favor the longer videos. Just the more someone engages with you, the more likely they are to take action. So uh, then let's look at Amazon videos. So Amazon sponsored brand video. I love that ad format. It's so cool in so many ways. And we, and we create sponsored brand video ads as well, but you know, it's great because it's, drives a lot of new to brand traffic, you know, because it shows up kind of below the fold and it's more people that are probably not brand loyal to anyone else. Like they're just, they're open, they're open to, to ideas. But that, ad, you know, a good sponsor brand video ad is really just product demonstration, right? It's like you're shopping, you're shopping for dog toy or organic dog food or new running shoes or whatever, workout equipment. So like you're shopping. So you want to see product demonstration. You don't need to see a hook. You don't need to see a slice of life or a story. Show me the product, right? I want to see the product in action. So sponsor brand video, that those videos could actually be the product demonstration portion of your video. So it's possible that you could take elements from your other ads and mash them up into a YouTube ad that works. Now, I want to give a one huge caveat. You can't just like Frankenstein this thing, right? <laughs> you can't just like throw it all together. Usually when you do that, you need to have a voiceover, right? Like a, a unifying element where, you know, you've got a voiceover that, that, that says something uh, that will stop you in your tracks, right? Did you know you could do X, Y, Z, right? Did you know, are you still struggling with this? Um, and then it leads into, you know, your videos, but, but then that, that voiceover kind of strings it all together. So that's why I like to look at it though, like TikTok, uh, Facebook, a lot of times those can be great hooks for good YouTube ads. Sponsored brand video could be the product demonstration portion of your video. Then you just need a script to tie it all together, call to actions and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So I, I would, I would, I guess good advice would be anybody that, that wants to get into YouTube, uh, YouTube ads, or, or maybe just good practice overall is when you, when you get organized for that video shoot, maybe keep that in mind because it would be easier to chop portion, like almost start with, I'm creating a, I'm creating a YouTube video ad and then chop what you need out of that for 
the other platforms? Is that is that safe to say? Oh, so you could, so, uh, so you're thinking like future as you create more video ads, maybe start with a longer YouTube ad and then create chop downs for other. Yeah. Start horizontal long form and then maybe have, I don't know, something vertical running at the same time so you can catch it or no. It's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea at all. Now, in, in terms of like the orientation of the video. So if you've got your vertical videos or your portrait videos, you can run those on YouTube. And actually, if you want to show up in YouTube shorts, it needs to be that, that vertical, uh, video. And so that is one way to approach it where, you know, uh, but, but I think one, one consideration there is for most people listening and probably most businesses out there, they're already running Facebook and TikTok and Amazon ads. So probably the first step is let's think about, do we have elements of videos already that could be combined into a YouTube ad? And then do we have a script idea or can we bring on a script writer or hire someone to pull it all together into a YouTube video? That's probably the first step. But then, yeah, once you're like, once you're good at YouTube, once you've proved it out and then you, you know, you go to your other channels, then yeah, you can start shooting video with the idea of, Hey, let's, let's create a one minute to three minute version of this. This, this is going to be YouTube and let's have cut downs for the other, for the other channels. I think that's a great idea, but I would say that's probably, you know, steps down the road once you've kind of proved uh, that you can uh, make YouTube work for your brand. And a script writer, do you guys have an in-house script writer or do you have we like do. a go-to yeah. So we, yeah, we pull all that together. Yeah. So, so to, you know, when we're writing scripts and doing stuff, we just, we bring in our team and, and that's how we do it. Yeah. Right. I want to I talk a bit about like you, the YouTube ad itself. Like sure. you've mentioned TrueView. Um, it, it seems like I didn't even know this. I thought every time somebody showed me this ad and had the skip ad, I'm like, wow, I'm costing this person money and trying to leave. So I don't. But I'm not costing them money. And now I'm hearing I'm hearing these video ads I've seen. And they're like, if you're a blank, blank, and blank, this is for you. If not, like, yeah, you know, leave. <laughs> exactly. Cause they're like, hey, if you're not a good fit, we want you to skip because then we don't pay <laughs> right. for impressions for you. Right. And, and so I think, you know, you got to be careful. Like you're not, you're not sounding like a jerk or whatever. But, but yeah, like it's totally cool. You want to grab the attention of the right audience and you want the wrong audience to skip and click away because, then you're then they're not costing you money. Oh, I, I want to compare to Amazon ads. So you know your sponsored product, your sponsored just your brand, your sponsored display. Are there equivalents, or are there more or less um, ad types on YouTube? Yeah. So there. I mean, if you look at like all of Amazon ads, so sponsored product, sponsored brand, sponsored brand video, sponsored display, Amazon DSP. I think all of those options, there's similar options to all of those in the Google ads ecosystem, right? So Google shopping is like sponsored products. You got Google display and discovery, which is kind of like sponsored display, but also a little bit like sponsored brand and a few other things. Um, and then you've got, you know, YouTube, which is like DSP video and maybe a little bit like sponsored brand video. Uh, but with YouTube, you mainly just have a, a couple of different options. So there's the the pre-roll skippable ads. That's where most of your views and clicks and impressions, like that's where most everything is going to come from. So those are the pre-roll skippable ads. Um, but there's also um, what's called, and so those are in-stream ads. There's also in-display ads, right? So sometimes ads that are YouTube ads will show up on video partners and across the web. So sometimes you'll be on a sports site, right? Checking scores or whatever, click on a video there and, and a YouTube ad will, will appear first. So, so sometimes YouTube goes beyond just someone who's on youtube.com or on the YouTube mobile app. Um, then you've got um, discovery ads. And I always say that wrong, uh, discover discovery, but it's, it's one of the, it's one of the two. Uh, and this is where, you know, there's still, there's a lot of YouTube consumption, a lot of YouTube video consumption that goes back to search. So, and then there's even this, this cool stat that's been true now for years and years, the YouTube is the number two search engine, right? Besides Google, more people search on YouTube than on any other search engine, more than Bing or any, any of the others. And so, uh, but about, about half of all video views-ish, maybe a little bit less, um, are from search. And I, in fact, I think now they've said that it's more now algorithmic and, and recommendations. So that's, that's a little more than 50%. So call it, you know, 45, 48%, whatever, of views on YouTube are from search. So when you search on YouTube, right, you've got the, the search results. You've got 
thumbnails of videos, descriptions, and whatnot. The majority of that is organic, right? The majority of that is just Google saying, these are videos that other users have engaged with. These are videos that what is talked about and the description and all that lines up with your search query. So this, these are the results, right? But there's some paid options in there too. And those placements, you only pay if someone clicks. So when it's, when it's showing there in the search results, you only play if someone clicks. They don't have to watch very much of it. They just got to click. Um, but that can work too. Now, usually that's a very small percentage of viewership. There's just so much more inventory. Google just really leans into those, those in-stream or those pre-roll ads. So those are the main opportunities. Then, then you've also got some display options. So there's um, uh, Google Discover ads. And actually, uh, I just got to look here to make sure. Because there's there's one ad type that's called Discover and one that's called Discovery, and you know sometimes I just um, say the wrong one, and so I'm going to pull this up here while we're chatting. Yes, so Discover is the ad type I just talked about in YouTube. So that's when your thumbnail shows up in the search results on YouTube. That's a Discover ad. Discovery is what we'll talk about next. So Discovery, uh, th these are display ads that show up on YouTube. They show up on Gmail. They show up in the Google app. So if you use the Google app on your phone for search and other things, like it can show up in your feed and uh, they're pretty powerful. So you've potentially seen these and I'll see if I can pull up an example. It almost seems like DSP. Like they are, it is similar to DSP. And the cool part about it is um, they, they run automatically. So this is not an ad, but this looks just like it. So my, my kids are into the LeBrant family. I don't know. I don't ever watch it. It's like <laughs> yeah. a little, little, it's like a little slider here. That's actually yeah. organic, but the ads look just the same, right? So you can run a display ad wow. that's like a slider. So it looks a little bit like a Facebook ad. looks kind of like Amazon DSP, but that's a display ad. So here's one. This is actually for YouTube music. So I'm not sure how well that's coming through, but it's a display ad. In your YouTube feed, your, your YouTube feed on, on the YouTube mobile app, but it's a display ad. So those are discovery ads. Those work really well. So we've got you know, several scaling supplement brands and skincare and automotive that, that have leaned in pretty heavily to discovery. So those would be the other options there. But if you're talking pure YouTube, it's mostly the in-stream skippable ads. So anybody starting should probably, that they're fine with just focusing on the, the in-stream skippable yeah, ads. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And and the, the cool thing is if you create an ad that works well there, like the same ad can work for Discover, like the, you know, the, the, the ad that shows up in the search results. You just won't get it. There's just not a lot of volume there typically. Um, and then you can also take the same ad and put it into um, a discovery campaign, which is what I just showed you, because actually there's a there's a video uh, format there as well. So. And on YouTube, you said those ads are called TrueView. Am I am I saying that right? TrueView. Exactly. So the skippable in-stream or pre-roll ads, the ad that shows up before the video you're trying to watch, those are called TrueView because those are the ones where uh, you only pay if someone actually watches yeah, you get it. a TrueView. You get a TrueView, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I love that. What what about targeting options with those TrueView ads? Like what? Yeah, so targeting, keywords, uh, channels, what? Yeah, so targeting is, I love the targeting options in YouTube, although I will say, some targeting options just changed. And there's a lot of people angry about it, Carlos. A lot of people that are up in arms. Talk to me, talk to Google. me, talk to me. I'm cutting edge. Yeah, exactly. So one of the, one of the, a couple of the ways you could target on YouTube was by the content, right? Which makes sense. And so this kind of tie, you know, if we're, we're comparing to TV or something, makes sense, right? I've got, I've got a brand that's, that's going after slightly more affluent males or really males of almost any, any demo. I'm going to run on NFL, right? I'm going to, I'm going to put my ad on the NFL, or maybe it's affluent men. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, put my ads next to golf or something. So, you know, that, that's uh, been a theme of advertising forever, right? You, you put your ad next to the content you want it to, to run next to content that your shopper, your buyer consumes. That's going away on YouTube. And a lot of people are upset about it. I'm upset about part of it. So there used to be what's, what's called keyword contextual targeting, and, and this is keyword targeting that's not like search keywords per se. This was keyword targeting uh, that found content related to those keywords. So as an example, uh, we've had some medical device companies advertise on, on Google. So you could, you could you put in keywords for medical devices, uh, and then those ads would show adjacent to or before content related to those terms. So that's keyword contextual targeting. It's going away. We actually had a few clients where that was one of their best campaigns. 
there's also topic targeting. So you can say topics of basketball or topics of CrossFit or topics of hiking or whatever going away. Now, I'm not shedding a tear over that because we've tried topic targeting and it is across the board been not good for us. Maybe other people have, have had success there, but top topic targeting, not sad about. Um, and then the other one is placements. And this is where you can say, I'm picking this channel. I'm picking this specific YouTube video. And I want my ad to run either before that specific video or before videos on that channel. Right. Now, that's been pretty powerful too, right? Because that's when you can be like, hey, I want to you know, target Tim Ferriss's channel or this this weight loss influencer or this person. I want my ads to run next to their channel. Can't and that's do gone that. away too? Going away. So what? that's also got some people upset. There, there are whole tools built out there, tools that are actually pretty great that help you find placements. Well, it doesn't matter now because it's going away. Google won't let you do it. Uh, all I've seen so far, we're actually getting ready to meet with a YouTube specialist and kind of ask them a lot of point blank questions and try to get answers and talk through, you know, why some of these changes are happening. But the only answer we've heard so far is that Google says, well, that limits your total reach if you do that. Usually you're, you're limiting yourself. And my response is, well, like, I want to limit myself, right? I just want to go after these people. Let me go after these people uh, or these placements. And so now it's really just audience targeting. So the cool thing there, though, is, is there's a lot of intent-based audience targeting options with YouTube. So YouTube is a big search engine. We talked about that. Google, obviously, is the biggest search engine by uh, a mile. And so you can build audiences based on someone's search behavior. So this is where you build a list of top non-converting search terms, or you build a list of people searching for your competitors, and you put that in an audience. And basically, Google is going to say, we're going to build an audience of people who've searched for these keywords on Google and on YouTube. And then the next time they're on YouTube, we'll target them with your ads. So now that's just called a custom segment. It used to be called custom intent. We still call it custom intent. I still refer to it as that because I think that's more descriptive than just custom segment. So that's one option. Uh, you can also build segments based on websites that people visit. So another option is to say, okay, I'm, I'm targeting outdoorsy people. So I'm going to give Google, you know, five or 10 URLs related to outdoor sites. So uh, you know, REI.com and Bass Pro Shops, and maybe they're, they're like hiking category and a few others. So you give Google those URLs. What Google's going to do, because Google owns Google Analytics and they know everything about everybody, they're going to say, hey, we, we know profiles of people that visit those sites. So we're basically going to build a lookalike audience and include in that probably some people that actually do visit those sites, put them in an audience for you to target. So uh, that used to be called custom affinity. Now, again, it's just called custom segment. Uh, but we still like to call it custom affinity. So those are two great options that we like. Um, Google also has what's called in-market audiences. And this is where Google will kind of start to bundle audiences for you, where you can say, hey, I'm looking for people that are in the market for a pre-owned car, the people that are in the market for running shoes. or And now there's like all kinds of sub-segments. Like there used to be, um, there's, there's always been a lot of in-market audiences, but now there's some really specific, really niche in-market audiences. So that, that's a great option uh, as well. So, so now basically content targeting has gone away. Now we've got more audience targeting, but the, those options that I just laid out, those, those are my favorite. Wow. And when did this happen? Recently. So it just started fading. I think the first announcement was made maybe a month or two ago, and it's like fading. So, so now you have you can't uh, build a campaign with audience targeting. Probably depending on when someone's listening to this, it's going to be gone completely. There have been some you know campaigns that were set up that way that have been kind of grandfathered in for a time, but they'll stop serving eventually. And uh, yeah, it's it's gone now as an option for creating new campaigns. So there's no longer a way to say here is the URL of ten YouTube channels that I want you to run my ads on Correct. because that's Correct. where my people are at. Instead, Correct. it's kind of like, yeah. wow. Yeah. So now what Google is, you know, I think implying is that, hey, you give us a custom segment, like keywords they're searching for, other websites they visit. And you could throw in like a YouTube channel URL if you're building out one of those custom affinity audiences. Um, and Google's going to say, yeah, okay, we know who's there. We're going to build an audience like that. But it's just not as specific, right? Now Google's like, okay, we're going to find people like that. And we're going to go beyond that. And, you know, we're going we're gonna to do our thing. 
does that apply even if it's your channel? Like in the beginning, we mentioned, is, is it benefit? Does it benefit you to have your own channel? Like, could you say, I want my ads run on my channel? So you can't specifically do that because that's a placement. But what you can do uh, is at least for the time being, you can target viewers of your uh, of your channel. So you can target people that have viewed any you know video from your channel, and that's a pretty good strategy. And so so yeah, so if you've got built up organic views, or even if you've got a lot of paid views, you can retarget those people with with ads, and you can do all that through the, the Google Ads interface. Is there a way to run ads? I don't even know if this ties into anything, but is there a way to run ads on YouTube that promote your channel? You can do that. Yes. So there are there are campaign types that where you can you, you're driving people to your channel and you're trying to get subscribers. Now, that's something we don't do a lot. I, I know some people that, that do that. I think that's probably going to be more effective once you've kind of built up an organic presence anyway, once you've got some subscribers, once you've got some good content that people are engaging with. I don't think that's the way to launch a YouTube channel. Um, I actually did a, a recording on, on my podcast, e-commerce evolution with uh, Liz Germain, and, and she's like a, an organic YouTube pro. It's just something I, I sort of understand, but don't ever do it. Right. Uh, but she talks about like the type of content you need to create and kind of the, the rhythm to go through to build up that organic audience. So I think you want to do that first and then start, sure. you know, potentially running some ads to build subscribers. It's probably not the way to launch on, on YouTube. But again, I'm not, I'm not a YouTube organic guy. I'm more of a, an ad guy. Sure. Um, this has been amazing. I feel like I've just drank out of a fire hose this is a lot <laughs> of stuff. Um, what, what is the best way for someone to get a hold of you? And, and let me, let me yeah. say this another way. So somebody listening to this is either gonna say, you know what, this is all amazing. I love it. L let me reach out to Brett and 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 see if, if we're a good fit to work together or they're going to go to youtube and see like how to run youtube ads and they're going to try to learn it so can you share your information where somebody can reach out and see if they're a good fit to work with you sure. and do you recommend a resource that the people that want to take a stab at it themselves and learn it um that you'd recommend yeah, totally. And, and appreciate you asking. So, so if you want to chat with the agency and talk about a strategy session or whatever, uh, omgcommerce.com. And then uh, just click on the, you know, let's chat uh, option or let's talk option, whatever it says. So, so that, that's the best way, omgcommerce.com. If you're kind of in the space where you just want to learn and you want to grow, you want to check things out a little bit, a couple of things. One, I am getting more active on social media and specifically Twitter and LinkedIn. I'll be posting a lot of YouTube tips, some of my favorite ads, other things like that. So, so follow me there. It's at Brett Curry on Twitter and uh, the Brett Curry on, on LinkedIn. So, so check that out there. Um, I put together a couple of resources. So on omgcommerce.com, there's a, a guides section and there's a free YouTube ad examples and templates guide. I highly recommend it. It's free. So check it out. It's like a collection of, I think, 16 or 18, something like that, of my favorite YouTube ads. So these are YouTube ads that are proven. They're winners. They work on YouTube. And I kind of explain why they work. So one of the best ways to learn is by watching examples. So check out the YouTube ads guide, totally free. I uh, do quite a bit of partnership, quite, quite a bit of work with Ezra Firestone and Smart Marketer. So we, we run all the Google and YouTube for Boom by Cindy Joseph, uh, Ezra's original brand. We we run all the Google and Amazon and YouTube for Overtone, which is one of Amazon, uh, one of uh, Ezra's newer brands. But uh, put together a YouTube. It's called the YouTube Kickstart Blueprint with Smart Marketer. So it's a full training course, or actually not a full course. It's it's like a it's a way to get kickstarted, right? It's a blueprint. It's easy to consume. Um, materials to go with it, videos to go with it. Just a few hundred bucks. I'm not sure exactly how much it is. Actually, uh, Smart Marketer sells it, but I get you a link to that. Or you can go to Smart Marketer and then click on resources and courses. And it's called the YouTube Kickstart Blueprint. So if you're a DIYer um, and you're like, or hey, I've got a team, I want to train my people, like that's the place to start because go into great detail, like walk through the interface, talk about building campaigns and audiences and stuff like that. And, and it's a really affordable resource as well. I love it. Before letting you run, um, what is your favorite book and why? 
man, my favorite book. So this is really tough. This is sort of like what's your favorite movie uh, and almost like what's your favorite child. I, I do, in all <laughs> sincerity, do not have a favorite child, by the way. I tell my kids that all the time. They don't believe me, uh, but I do not have a favorite child. So so I'll, I'll categorize this a little bit. So I'm, I'm a spiritual guy. Faith is important to me. It's my family. So I got to say, I got to say the Bible. If I've got, if I'm limited to one book, one book that's been influential that I reference back to the wisdom letters, things like that, I've got to say, I've got to say the Bible. Uh, in terms of business and other areas, probably one of my favorites is a book called Made to Stick. And I don't know if you've heard of it, but Chip and Dan Heath. Oh, yeah. And it's all about how do you make your, your communication clear, compelling, powerful. It's about why do some ideas stick and some ideas fade and it's just it's just beautiful. It's it's practical. It's got good stories. Like it, it's it's one that I reference a lot, and one that I encourage. You know, anybody that's going to be writing content, writing ads, evaluating ads. If you're an entrepreneur trying to communicate to people, just about everybody probably listens to this podcast. Uh, I think you should check out uh, Made to Stick. You, you know that is an amazing book. I, I usually read amazing books more than once. Um, this one I only read once. I'm gonna go back and read it again. Do you want to um, read it again? Something. Yeah. Yeah, so, something I, I I wanted to ask b- before this, but your podcast—you have an actual podcast. Like, yeah. what what is your podcast about? Can you like how how frequently do you publish? What's the name? Yeah, yeah, great question. Thanks for asking. So, uh, e-commerce evolution, and we post three to four times a month, and it's all about what's new and what's next in e-commerce. So, I'm interviewing merchants, I'm interviewing other smart people like you, and we're just talking about what's working right now in e-com. And so uh, we do talk about some Amazon topics, but we get into other things as well. CRO, Shopify related stuff, dig into to YouTube. There's several YouTube specific episodes. If anybody wants to check those out, that'd be another good free resource. And then uh, in addition to that, I launched a, a podcast more for fun and kind of to see what it was, this would be like. This is a series-based podcast. So just season one is out, it's eight episodes, but it's Spicy Curry. And so last name's Curry, we get spicy. So it's a uh, hot takes on e-commerce and digital ads. And I've had some awesome guests on there, like uh, Ezra Firestone, Mickey Agarwal from Tushy, Molly Pittman, Nick Shackleford, Justin Brooke, just some, some real legends on that podcast. So Spicy Curry, check that out too, if, if you uh, can stomach more of me as a host. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you rock, man. Thank you so much. This episode ran longer than... Uh... Than, than I was planning for, but I, I anticipated it. Like I, I knew I had a ton of questions on this. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I hope to have you back on the show soon and, and have an awesome 2023. Let's do it. Thanks, man. Really, really appreciate it. Happy New Year. And uh, thanks for having me.